Welcome to the American Horror Story podcast for the officially unofficial podcast for American Horror Story on FX, the 1984 season. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. And today we're talking about uh, episode four of said 1984 episode, True Killers. So we want to talk about, you want to play the name game? Uh, yeah, I, I think this is named True Killers because uh, you get see some True Killers facing off Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla <laughs> fashion, uh, Rodon fashion. You got to see uh, Margaret reveal herself as a True Killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to see the real killer. Montana, too, I guess. True- she hasn't really killed anyone yet. I don't think so. She's killing this role. Uh, you got the true killer, Satan, revealing himself as an active Satan, 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 agent Satan. in the world, resurrecting his faithful servant, Richard Ramirez. What do you think of this episode? I am having so much fun. I feel like I need to take a moment to just say that we've talked a lot of shit about Ryan Murphy. Yes. And, you know, I and think he's deserved it's, a lot of shit. It's, it's always been in good fun because these are just fun shows that he's doing. But I... I'm having a great time doing this yeah. and watching the show. You know, look at, in anticipation of the season, I was a little anxious and weary mm-hmm. <laughs> that we might have another shitty season, but this is this is great. Everything they're doing, it works with the turn your brain off type of thing that we try to do. No, you're you can tell plus they have just a lot of affection for the source material and also the source material is not like, I mean, this isn't fucking war and peace. This isn't the exorcist this isn't like the witch like some of the stuff that they've been kind of playing with is actually good um you know all the 1980 slasher stuff by and large are is just uh you know popcorn type fun garbage and this is a popcorn type fun garbage show and it's just panned in glove i mean when when Ramirez stepped up to Brooke, and I'm like, how the fuck is she even going to get out? Like, it's it's going to be something stupid. And then Jingle steps into the clearing. Yes, it was just, we just squealed uh, with delight. We both just screamed on the couch, <laughs> like, ah, this is how, we didn't even know. I I mean, it seems obvious, the two serial killers operating in a camp, that they would have a Jason versus Freddy moment, but I did not see, I did not see it coming. Right, and in a show where we take all theories, you still have plenty of room to be surprised and delighted. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was great. There's just so much great stuff. Um, just not, not even in the main event, but just in the margins. Like, I love the way this guy's playing the Night Stalker. It's just like... <laughs> I can't even put my finger on what all the things he's doing. It's like uh, right. like a, a drunken hippie Elvis type. Uh, just, just just he's just sneering and leering, and he's you know grapevining and in commando regalia. It's, right. it's great. He's it's really great. feeling himself. I was I was weary, uh, not to overuse that word, of them really portraying real life serial killers, but. Mm-hmm. This is just making him so silly that it it works. It's not even Richard Ramirez. It's just a caricature. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always going to be rough when you try to poke fun at someone who's caused pain and suffering in the real world. I mean, we're going to see how uh, uh, Taika Watiti does with Hitler later this year. And Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. And Jojo Rabbit. Um, but... But yeah, I I think this is not a sympathetic portrayal of him. It's just a it's a over the top, ridiculous, lurid. I mean, him levitating off the ground, instant healing of his injuries, and returning to Satan's service is just 
Uh, anyway. And that's the other thing is I just want to mention up front is we got a little bit of feedback on our Spooktacular, which just came out the first part. Oh, yeah. Um, we got a couple of people saying that we didn't actually do true horror movies or we didn't do scary movies. They're gatekeeping the concept of horror. Is that what's happening? Uh, right, exactly. And I think, and I've tried to struggle with what exactly scary or horror means. And it really... You tried to struggle and just gave up. <laughs> I mean, it just really is whatever. I I think what I love about horror is it's whatever you're in the mood for. Mm-hmm. And it could be like this. This scared me. There has been a couple of jump scares that really worked on me. Sure. Which sometimes you go seeking that when you look for a scary movie or mm-hmm. you look for gory type of things if you're into that kind of thing or you like the halloweens where it's just a lot of endless tension building well i th- i think that one of the yeah i mean there's just to name a few yeah and i think i think to be fair one of the things that we'd watch was probably not horror but we didn't know that going into it right. anything else yeah fuck it it's horror you know right. come on halloween's on a horror movie Right, so... Bright burns on a horror movie. <laughs> right, and a lot of people are saying that this season itself of 1984 isn't scary. And there's sometimes when things would happen and I would I would turn to you and I'd say, now this is going to happen. And it mm-hmm. did, and it still worked. Yeah. I I think they really found their footing with this. There's a, there's a certain rhythm to it. But, like, I mean, that's the other thing. is like most of the mid-80s slasher films weren't scary. In fact, a lot of them, like the, the Nightmare on Elm Street, were kind of... Uh, satirical and, and had had a lot of elements of par- self-parody and self-awareness in them so it's like but still you went to go rent them at blockbuster they're in the horror section <laughs> right you know like there's lots of different flavors of horror um and you know can is but 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 yeah they're they're all un, undeniably horror uh do you want to get into the episode itself yes i do okay uh, we begin. We get into it like a knife in the guts. In epic fashion, with a flashback to then. They start with a flashback. Uh, we see Montana teaching a midnight manner size uh, exercise program for exclusively tight-bodied men. Apparently, uh, it's midnight manaerobics. Oh, manaerobics. Sorry, uh, it was just loaded with energy. I know that. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, she takes this huge bump of coke and then kind of they, 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 she like ports her mane back and roars and they like add in a little bit of a jaguar. Like, <laughs> rawr, rawr. And I, it's so over the top. I love it. And she's like, you know, berating these guys and telling them to really get the burn in. And then out of nowhere, the night soccer just wanders in and he's got like, you know, a utility belt and a big hunting knife, and he's wearing like some kind of uh, I don't know vo- vest thing. He, he looks like a commando. Sleeveless shirt, sleeveless short shirts, jean yeah. shorts, and the boots. And and they're playing Billy Idol, and he walks in and says, uh, "Billy Idol's the truth, man. I'm I'm training. The world's a shit place. Everybody's gone soft. So he's in there, I guess, to her uh, man aerobics to get jacked." I mean, it'll it'll probably work for him. But I, I I think that there's they're showing us some sort of natural universal attraction, some sort of universal force is bringing them together for this purpose. I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, why wasn't Xavier leading this class? I mean, Montana's doing an amazing job. Because she's. Just... I mean, I don't know. I mean, because like the I imagine the midnight shift is like the shit position she's working her way up because that was her you know she hadn't made it as a a world famous aerobics instructor she's she's you know putting in her time learning the ropes starting at the bottom uh 
she makes fun of him for his buck 119 knife in his holster, which just establishes her as a bad, badass chick. Um, and him as, I guess, a basic serial killer bitch for having... I, I did a little research. It's just the 119 is, I guess, one of the most famous uh, knives of this type, kind of Bowie hmm. um, survival knife, uh, kind of Rambo knife, but it's like 50 bucks. You can get one on Amazon. And you too. I may be speaking... Be a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. I may be speaking out of turn here, but for someone who appreciates knives so much, she sure has a shitty switchblade that she keeps on her own person. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's some kind of fucking Damas- Damascus steel switchblade. I didn't get a good look at it. but Maybe, but she did get uh, Richard Ramirez, presumably to upgrade to this like hook knife thing. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That he's the rocking re- with. The real gutton, the real gutton knife. His uh, aim is still terrible, though. Yeah. She gets in a fight with one of her students over uh, playing Billy Idol and Rock versus Cindy Lopner's uh, pop. And kind of she gets in a real snit with this guy. And she goes back in the locker and is cleaning up. And it turns out the Night Stalker has killed and gutted the Lopner fan, uh, mounted him in the corner of the locker room, like Hannibal style. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the in, Up in the corner. And he gutted him in such a way that, like, the guts are still kind of falling out of him as, as she gets the full kind of, like, jump scare. And uh, he reveals himself and says, I did it for you. And she gets aggressively sexual and sexually aggressive with him. <laughs> uh, and they're, like, she's... I, I, at some point, she jumps up on the the, the weird kind of, like, bleacher sitting s- seating they've got yeah, in every locker room locker ever. Yeah, benches, yeah. Yeah, these benches, but it's covered in blood, and then he, like, starts kissing down her leg and licking her bloody toes, and <laughs> there is some just squick going on here. Like Montana says, it's a choice. Yes, it's a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. So they get to fucking, and afterwards, you know, he says, don't worry about the mess. I'll clean it all up. I'm good at it because I've killed lots of people. And she says, would you kill me? And he says, no. And then she goes, would you kill for me? And hell yeah, he would. <laughs> and guess what? Turns out Montana's beef with Brooke is that her brother was the best man that got shot in the face or the heart? The head. Uh, at Brooke's wedding. And she thinks that Brooke is a skank, lied about it, and got her brother killed. So that's their beef as we snap back to now. Um, it's, yeah, that's that's what do you think about this reveal? It's what I mean, look, the Brooke reveal is bonkers to build on a bonkers reveal with an even more bonkers reveal. Why not? Why not? Right. I think it's it's I guess it's believable that they would be all living in the same city and have never met each other. I especially when it's L.A. Fuck yeah, yeah. And plus, Brooke didn't didn't Brooke. I, I didn't think Brooke is from L.A. Like she's kind of moved there to get away, kind of like disappear and blend in and get away right after the wedding. Maybe I assume it all happened in L.A. I'm at yeah. I mean, I imagine you can you can you know run into people all the time without having previously met in a city that big. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like small town. You know everybody. Everybody runs into Danny DeVito. Everybody sees, uh, you know, Christopher Walken just walking down the street. Right. I I need Montana to ask herself, okay, what if it was true and she slept with your brother? Does that justify any of this? Well, especially since like... Does that make that guy right hey, look, in shooting them? I, I don't slut shame. I'm, 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 I'm something of a slut myself. <laughs> and I celebrate it. Um, but it's fascinating to me. I've seen men and women like this who are very promiscuous, 
but they're so fucking pissed when someone else's promiscuity affects them. So, like, her brother deserved to die, but also Brooke did? Deserve to die also? Uh, maybe Montana herself deserves to die. All right. You know, it's like, like by her maybe own, like, if you, if, if being a skank and sleeping around and destroying relationships is, is, is gets you committed to death, there's no way I believe that Montana has never done all those, all those things. All right. Before we continue with the episode, I want to do some housekeeping for here for baldmove.com. Of course, Rick and Morty, we're talking about season three every Tuesday. This week, we're talking the whirly Durly conspiracy and how to wreck the galactic economy with the Wall Street Journal's Paul Vigna. Jim and I are covering the final season of The Deuce on HBO with each episode released on the corresponding Wednesdays. We're covering the Mr. Robot final season, the spectacular Christmas season of Mr. Robot uh, with episodes released also on Wednesdays. We're in the middle of spooky October, which means Cecily and I are doing the cinematic spooktacular part three, the search for spook new episodes of that dropping on October 10th, 20th and the 30th all hollows Eve Eve for your maximum spooky enjoyment. We have a ton of bald movies coming out. Last week, we discussed The Joker. Next week, we'll be talking El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie premiering on Netflix, as well as Zombieland 2, colon, Double Tap. Finally, don't forget, uh, for club members, we have the Fabulous Lunch with Jim and Aaron every Friday. It's the only show on the internet where Jim says... Lunchtime. So be excited. And that's what's happening this week at baldmove.com. They uh, they flash back and she's she's berating as the end of last episode the Night Stalker for not killing Brooke and she goes now there's another killer here uh, might who might jump the Brooke gun and he completely fangirls over Mr Jingles because of course he knows about Mr Jingles and he looks up to him like a like a, a hero which I thought was kind of cute and funny and is going to make their epic meeting later even cooler. <laughs> um, Trevor shoots Chet. Uh, chest full of adrenaline to bring him back from the edge of death he does and he just pumps like quarts of blood everywhere but he's going to be fine he's going to be fine I don't think he has any blood in his body it's all adrenaline at this point um, and Xavier is like you know bemoaning the fate and um, talking about how like uh, what Chet's gone through is worse than doing porn <laughs> and then he realizes oh my god my porn sugar daddy he drove a caddy out here Cat- daddy and the caddy daddy and the caddy we got a we got a we got a boat car that can take us all out of here we're saved uh, so Trevor splits them all up because he's the captain of the group and he goes I'm gonna go get Margaret and you guys uh, go get Birdie and we'll meet back uh, at Chet, who they give a knife to defend himself with, and then they're off. Um, Margaret is now... Yeah, it just makes him start, like, pumping all this blood out of him when they do that. Yeah, I don't... This guy, I don't know how he's going to survive, but, you know, that's that's why the show's so fun. Yeah. It's, it's stupid, and the laws of physics and, and medical science are not observed. Yeah. Um, Margaret makes an appearance in this episode. Yay. She finds two of the imposter jingles lying dead. Uh, Trevor finds her inspecting the bodies and insists that they leave because things are getting crazy. Uh, but she says there's a school full, school bus full of eager campers awaiting at sunrise. And I have a gun. And Trevor's like, good luck with that. And bones out while she picks up one of the... Uh, uh, the jingle mask and paints a blood cross on his forehead which doesn't quite pay off but 
Eh, she's I Christian. Thought, yeah, I thought for a second that she would, that we maybe get a flashback of her having worn the costume and was the one pushed into the spike pit. Yeah. But that didn't really pay off either. Yeah, They no. just knew that wasn't the guy and they left him in the pit. <laughs> if this were another show, I'd probably dug into that and the symbolism and was like, is this some kind of sin eater type of thing that she's doing, analogy? But it's American Horror Story, so... Um, in the mess hall, Birdie is making bologna sandwiches because she's getting ready for them eager campers, and she's good people. She knows how to make you feel at home. If you got homesickness, a bologna sandwich and a tinfoil wrap is what you need. Uh, Xavier tries to get her to realize that shit has broke bad here, and just as he's convincing her, Jingles jangles into the hall. <laughs> Xavier dives under the tables to hide, um, but Birdie, she's like, you know what? I don't got a problem with this guy. Well, I mean, she does. She's scared of him. But, like, she correctly sees that the way to survive is to appeal to his humanity. Right. She remembers a sandwich order. She never forgets a sandwich order. Straight up PB&J. Chef Birdie's good people. I think Chef Birdie has three things in a repertoire. Mm -hmm. Bologna sandwich, peanut butter, jelly sandwich, fluffernutter. Fluffernutter. So I think she had a one in three chance of of guessing his sandwich. Yeah. Uh, She went to PB&J. Yeah, there's a fun... Oh, so it calls him Benjamin instead of Jingles. You yeah, know? she remembers his name. Of course she does. But, you know, that's got to be important to someone like that. But there's a fun note here that uh, they're playing Stevie Nicks Leather and Lace uh, yeah. in the, on the soundtrack. It's a fun little Stevie Nicks call out, even if that's her only appearance this season. Uh, Glad she made it. <laughs> that uh, then she asked or he asked why she came back and she said essentially she felt sad for margaret because she had her whole childhood ruined or young adulthood ruined and that she was still locked in that horrible past and if coming back here is what she needs to turn the page she wanted to be there for her Mm -hmm. um she slides and oh in retrospect that's also another reason why jingles probably spared her because he's got turns out it's got a soft spot for margaret right that we're going to explore in a flashback right and this is one of those tropes that i mentioned earlier where as soon as she started to be friendly to benjamin mm-hmm. i could tell that she was going to die because she was helping xavier right that's, that's one of those that's tropes. gonna be the thing that that screws her up yeah um she's but sli- also you know i don't like to victim blame but she did make that sandwich by putting the peanut butter and jelly on the same side like who does that uh i do that on the same side yeah oh my god i bet you use the exact same utensil and you just put the jelly in the peanut butter or vice versa i don't do you? i do I, I put the peanut oh. butter here here listen the one Ooh. true method of making pb and j it's the least mess you put the peanut butter on to one side you take the other side wipe the blade of the knife on and then put the jelly on that side. And then you take the jelly. No, because no, you take the jelly, and then you take you 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 get you get all the jelly. You don't ever make a second trip to the jelly jar. You get all the jelly that you want on the sandwich in the middle, and then you just plow that over on, and it, it glides over to peanut butter, and it spreads real smooth. Oh, if you do it on the bread side, it gets all fucked. It's like trying to no. spread cold no, no, butter no, no. on the a bread. It adheres to the bread and spreads more evenly. I don't know what jelly you're using, sister, but uh, my jelly experience, uh, its it, it glides better over the peanut butter side. Okay. I'm that gonna... makes me a monster? Well, in 15 years, I'll just come back with a butter knife <laughs> and get my revenge on the entire bald move family. I need to process this. Speaking of psychos, uh, she slides into PB&J and he raises his like, you know, big fucking, <laughs> I don't know, maybe he's got the 120 knife. And then he comes and he slams it down and he's just cutting the crust off. Cutting the crust off. Because who the fuck wants to eat crust? Um... <laughs> Everything's cool until Xavier drops the flashlight underneath the table. 
Birdie tries to protect him, but ends up getting stabbed so many times. And for revenge, Jingles grabs Xavier, shoves him into the oven set to broil, and he rigs the handle so he can't get out. And this is genuinely horrifying. This is bad. Yeah. The this whole, is... like, and this this guy, this the um, Cody, is that his name? Dakota Cody? Xavier? Yeah. Cody Fern? Cody Fern. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Cody Plantman, he, he's like the way he's trying to hide in his jacket because obviously uh, there's all this heat and, yeah. and they just cut to him slow roasting and it's, it's, it's horrifying. horrible. It's horrible. The only thing that would have been worse, I guess, if he had died that way. Yeah. Cause it, I kind of thought like, Jesus, they're killing a lot of people. Maybe. Yeah. He'll just be like fall meat, fall off the bone, you know, when we come back to him. Right. Yeah. Uh, we got some baked Xavier. That's one of the worst <laughs> torture torture devices ever. Like the brazen bull. Is uh-huh. that what it was called? Yeah, brazen bull. Uh, Do you want to talk about the brazen bull? No, I just did. Okay. It's too much. Look it up. It's on Wikipedia. It's fucked up. Um, ancient torture devices. Like, yeah, I remember. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's. Nope, nope. I don't want to turn this into an ancient torture podcast, although that would be super popular, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll uh, consider it in the off season. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Brooke breaks out of the cabin that Rita's locked her into for the 70th time this evening. Again, four episodes in, same night. She runs pell-mell into the night. She somehow avoids this giant spiked log trap. Like, there's this three-foot section of log covered with spikes. It swings and just grazes her on the shoulder. Right. She's played Bloodborne. I can tell you that much. <laughs> right. You're supposed to You're supposed to do a double double circle dive through those things. Uh, when she walks into, then she walks into a net trap and is bundled up, swinging high off the ground, helpless. And Rita, or it's not Rita, it's Donna. Uh, Donna killed Rita. Appears to taunt her about her situation. Yeah. So she's. This is part of her study, which we, I guess, this confirms that she is actually just seeing how the serial killer reacts, and mm-hmm. she's means her, or she's a woman of her word in that respect. But she, I guess she's also the one that did the spike pit trap. All the traps. She did all the traps. Which I remember having a problem with like, okay, how the fuck did Jingles, like this this night that never ends, how the fuck did Jingles escape, come here, dig these pits, lay these traps? Well, now, again, <laughs> uh, 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 Murphy's like, you poor fool. You just didn't know that this woman here that came here and did all this stuff. So this woman that's half his size. In- right. Yeah, just as much time, I guess. Hey, Donna can rent a backhoe just as just as well as a man can, Cecily. <laughs> anyway, she th- so here's the thing I think is interesting about her. She says that she's here to observe the killers in a natural environment, but she's also got this test where, you know, if I lay these traps, will he kill like a wounded or a limping prey, or does he need like you know, is he kind of like a opportunity predator, or is he kind of an apex predator? Um, is he like a, a Gila monster, or wait? komodo dragon where he like bites him and then lets the bacteria take effect and then eat him when they die or is he like you know a lion that runs down his prey um he certainly um doesn't seem to be someone who's willing to kill the easy prey like brooke he didn't get a chance but yeah birdie he didn't or he wasn't going to until he had a reason right and then when he meets xavier later on the bridge he chooses to spare him then uh but you know the thing is is donna's nuts because no I mean, this is no kind of scientific experiment. Like, you're trying to observe in a natural habitat, but you're polluting with traps. And if you right. want to just, just, just see which way they prefer, then you have to have a control serial killer. Like, you're... Exactly. I, I just really disagree with their scientific methodology here. Uh, so... <laughs> That's Zav- the only problem? Yes. Okay. We cut back to Xavier, and he's literally cooking to death. 
and like we said, it's horrifying. Then just as things look really grim uh, and like pieces of him are sloughing off, Birdie raises from the floor and one of the last vestiges of strength manages to get the little soup ladle that uh, uh, Jingles is Jimmy the Dord with and re- releases her. But she's too far gone for help and she bl- begs him for a clean death and he obliges <laughs> by pushing a kitchen knife into her heart in the slowest, most agonizing manner. They're both just screaming. Like, like yeah, it's, it's the the captions were both screaming, and it's horrifying. Cause and I think we were all screaming. Yeah, because Xavier's hands are degloving as he's doing it, and also like, gee, like I feel like two inches of this blade into her chest. She's like, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I just want to, I just want to drift off. I just want to bleed to death. Ah! Oh, this hurts more. <laughs> yeah, it has to. That's it what has I, yeah. to. That's what like, I wrote down. I can't imagine that this feels better than just slowly bleeding out because you just lose consciousness and yeah, then die eventually. Like you're in shock and all that. Like I, 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 you know, if you got a bullet, maybe fast death, or if you could like with a sword, just chop her head off or something like that, but guillotine her, but, Knife, knife to the heart. That's just, that's just, that's just more of what you got, lady. Yeah. Uh, so, but also, you know, there's also a chance of her surviving, which I would have liked. I feel like Chef Birdie Rip, she was way underserved this season. If this is the last time we see her, or I'm Maybe willing to take on any theories about like ghost pumpkin. She's chef. a Kathy Bates style devil worshiper. Ooh. You know, like Kathy Bates seemed like she was a, a, a reasonable person until she turned into a robot Satan worshiper last. I, I feel like that, you know, oh. like now that we've seen a method for people to return to life, um, plus the hiker, you know, the there's all hiker. kinds of ways. The, the hyper hiker, there's all mm-hmm. kinds of things. Ramirez. There. Ramirez. Yeah. It's... But that's the Satan thing that we we're just talking about. Um, we have options is what you're saying. There's many options. Uh, right before we switch to scene, Xavier sees his face in reflection of the oven, and it stuns him. Obviously, Xavier took a lot of pride in his physical appearance. But what and now a he's cheap horrifying. chemical mask! Like his skin is gonna be so smooth <laughs> when it grows back. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's gonna have that roast beef complexion. Everybody, <laughs> everybody is trying to get in California. Uh, Montana runs in the brook in swinging in the net and says she'll go find something sharp to cut her down and calls her so brave and promises it'll be over soon <laughs> because she's going to run until the night soccer. Hell yeah. So I got a question for you before I forget to ask. Mm-hmm. Why is Montana just one of those crazy people for no real reason crazy? I don't understand why. I, I guess I understand all of her motivations so far, but why did she try to seduce Brooke? Why was that part of the plan at any point? Doesn't that uh, because if she could seduce Brooke and bring her back to her house, it'd be easy prey for the Night Stalker. So if she sleeps her... with Brooke, she deserves to die too. Well, I yeah. mean, like I said, her her slut logic doesn't make any kind of fucking moral sense. But eh, just asking I, questions. I I think that that was the plan. Like try to ingratiate into her life, find out where she. Although it seems like that everyone knew where she lived anyway. So yeah, everyone knows where she lives. I don't know. Um, Margaret is in her cabin. <laughs> but her wait, her oh, her face when she learns that Rita is also out there mm. killing people mm-hmm. is is priceless. Yeah, it's like everyone's damn, <laughs> slow how, realization. How many of these people? It's just like we wait, realized the last episode. Like, how many of these people are at the cabin just to be a fucking counselor? <laughs> yeah. I think it's just Chet and Xavier. Maybe Trevor. Trevor, Trevor seems pure. Yeah, and Birdie and Brooke and Brooke. There's five people out of like the 17 people that came to this cabin. They're this there to fucking camp and help kids appreciate right. the outdoors. Uh, so Margaret's in her cabin. 
checks her gun that's the sees it's loaded and then grips a carved wooden bear which triggers yet another flashback where it's explained that jingles carved it especially for margaret's because Aww. they had a bit of a, a bit of an attraction oh he's her benji bear uh his facial hair is tragic it's so bad it's like the worst I've never seen a goatee like this. It's it's less of a goatee and like literally the remnants of him eating a shit sandwich. <laughs> it's just kind of like a smear around his lips. It's like a it's right. Like Ryan Murphy poured some Elmer's glue on his face and just like stuffed it. Yeah, into shot a, pile a fur of cannon at him. <laughs> shot yeah, shot a pube cannon at him. Call it good. Um, but uh, he he gives her this bear thing and explains that bears are strong, loyal, and she uh, points out mates for life. Ooh. Ooh. Apparently, several of the girls have been cruel to Margaret, who's a mm. bit of a, a do-gooder, spoil sport, wet blanket, parade S- rainer. S- s- flirting with and carrying on a relationship with the tortured war veteran even though he's much older than her well see now after i've seen the whole episode it seems likely that she did that as a deliberate ploy to either get him to kill these girls or kill and then frame her herself frame him herself so like i don't even think she was ever interested in him which is even more tragic uh i think she was just using him from the jump um but he then accidentally cuts himself with his knife and Margaret sucks the blood from his fingers, which a lot of blood sucking off of digits in this episode. It's, all I'm saying. It's just not safe, guys. Um, no judgment, but just not. It's just not safe or hygienic. And he swears to do anything to protect her. Uh, the night soccer night stalker then is seen in a clearing making a makeshift pentagram summoning circle <laughs> out of branches and just shit he's found in the woods. <laughs> He slices his palm and starts spreading blood around because he's going to beseech the master to help find Brooke when Montana appears and says, hey, prayer's answered. I know where she's at. <laughs> and is this true? I mean, that's my question. I mean, because later we find out that it absolutely is real. It brings him back to life and heals his wounds. So is this the same force that brought him to Montana's exercise studio? Is this the same force that brought her back to him at this I, point? I'm going to go Joe Rogan because it feels appropriate and say it's entirely possible. <laughs> it's entirely possible, Cecily. That, yeah. that Satan's a real person in this universe and flexing his muscles. And so, you know, yeah. Satan's, uh, he's, 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 uh, he's all the embodiment of seven sins. He's lazy. Right. Like, you know, yes, he will bring, he will, he'll work up a sweat and bring someone back to life. But if he can just have a random blonde walk down the path and say, hey, here's the, here's the target, tiger. He'll, <laughs> he's more than happy to, to use those coincidences, too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just putting it out there as official theory. Mo- uh, Montana is the devil and she's devised all of this. <laughs> <laughs> she's satan's agent on earth Satan, <laughs> uh the night stalker appears in the clearing where brooke is strung up he moves in to kill her but guess what jingle steps out on the other side of the clearing this you really shouldn't so cra- good. you really shouldn't crash this party party bro now i'm gonna have to kill you uh and he he has this whole shtick about hey look man your reputation is solid as a killer like no one you know you, you jingles is immortal i'm trying to i'm trying to build up my career here it's my turn <laughs> yeah. and you know jingles isn't having it because you know he doesn't do it for the fame no he doesn't do it for the bodies he does it for the joy of killing and right. he, he, i gotta say that uh, jingles gets a lot of early slicing in but Ramirez keeps it close with his superior like speed. Um, Donna's watching all intently, you know, not taking any notes because she's not much of a scientist. Yeah, she did not anticipate this. I don't think she's recording it. 
Maybe she is. Mm-hmm. I want to talk at the when we're done with this about where we think this might be going this all season. Right. All right. So Donna's watching intently. Then Montana jumps her. Uh, me, so you got a girl fight going. You got a serial killer fight so going. Good. Meanwhile, Brooke tries to start swinging for freedom in her in her little Brooke net. Montana <laughs> knocks da- out Donna with a sturdy branch before she bashes her brains in with a rock. The Night Stalker gets some really good slices in on Jingle's unprotected back before Jingles lifts him up with one hand and impales his entire face on a broken tree branch, which was a pretty good effect, I thought. Absolutely. And it's another one of those tropes I called out. As soon as I saw that branch sticking out, I was like, someone's getting impaled on that. But I thought it was going to be a through the chest. I didn't yeah. expect the through the mouth. The head. and then Spinal pa- cord severing. And then later, like it breaking off and him falling. Oh, it's horrifying. Well, I mean, that's good because satan can't work with anything that's hanging off the ground right exactly. that's actually in the bible fact so you know if you want to be protected uh actually sleeping in a hammock great way to avoid demon possession oh okay just a little tip just so, a little tip out there that's why i rely on your bible knowledge to get me through <laughs> you know what far too many people in this world rely on other people's bible <laughs> knowledge i'm just saying I'm just saying, at least read the book yourself, you know. Uh, Margaret prays to God, speaking of the big guy, uh, asks for strength to do his will and battle the darkness. And just then, Jingles enters her cabin. And in a multiple series of flashbacks, we find out that Jingles is the one who took the blame for Margaret's murders, was tortured with electroshock therapy and pumped full of drugs until he himself was confused about what had happened and had completely embraced all the terrible things they said about them. This this is the one part of the episode that drug because I feel like we all figured this out. Right. And but they have to like, you know, you can't just be like everybody's on the same page. Right. All right. Let's just assume it. You have to do this, but it's kind of boring for everybody that's figured it out. Right. Um, and also, it's a lot of stuff that we've already seen, like, you know, the, the, ca- the, the cabin montage. And now we're seeing it from a slightly different perspective. And you can't trust anything on this show because it could all be redone in a flashback. Yeah. And there's this I asked you this question last episode. Mm hmm. But again, I want to ask, and this is like, this is not me poking holes in the script. I just genuinely am curious if you aren't actually a killer like that and, you know, being in Vietnam and killing people in whatever horrible ways is still a little bit different from just purposefully killing for fun now. I just don't see how that's inside of you. Like if I told you that you would kill people for years and years, would you just feel like it comes naturally to you? Maybe not, but I've also haven't been electroshock therapied and pumped full of drugs and told this like as a form of brainwashing over the course of 14 years, you know? Yeah. Like, I guess I'm... I, I think that people are too quick to dismiss how you can condition... You can condition an animal, right? Uh, into senses of like learned helplessness. There's tons of studies on how like all the things you can do to animals to condition them to tolerate certain types of input and and you can reward aggression, you can punish aggression. And we often forget that we ourselves are animals, especially, you know, when you're being tortured and dehumanized and all that stuff. So it's like, I guess I bought it. I bought both the fact that he would think, well, I'm a killer and... I'm in a lot of pain and I'm going to get those people that are responsible for this. And mm-hmm. also the horror of realizing that it's all a lie and you don't have to do any of this stuff. Right. And, you know, also the fact that like, you know, if you've seen full metal jacket, the U S military does a pretty good job at conditioning people to be okay with killing. I right. Mean, that's their job. Right. So they're, they're, it, it worked for me. Yeah. There's just a particular sadism to the way he's killing, you know, it's different from shooting and stabbing 
where all the original campers were just oh, stabbed. I guess so that. like shoving an oar in a woman's throat, baking Xavier, some of these some of these really creative ways he's killing people is it's just my question. Like I mm. it's a lot. Yeah, but, I guess if he's like I'm looking too if closely. he was actually using guns and he was like a ram like, you know, like a John Rambo in First Blood. Mm-hmm. Like using actual military techniques and stuff you learn in Vietnam, which could still be plenty horrific. Yeah, yeah. Um I, I guess I see it. Yeah. But also it's nineteen eighty four. You gotta get you get he's gotta he's got to be Jason Voorhees. Yeah. To to you know, this it's not uh American horror story uh post Vietnam trauma. It's it's nineteen eighty four. But uh anyway, he said she said that uh she was pissed at him that he didn't keep his promise to protect her so she made him keep his promise by using elements of his record from vietnam and you know his 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 shit-eating appearance to pin all the murders on him um and so she would take the fall and he goes in to kill her in anger once he realizes the horror of his situation and she shoots him dead bang 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 drops Mm -hmm. like a a big sack of Sack of jingles. <laughs> Sack of jingles. But this is uh, has Halloween's DNA, and anyone who knows Halloween knows that he's not dead from that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It's like you know when those you know those commercials, uh, those those uh, those those uh, catchy songs that play in your head, the jingles. jingles. <laughs> yeah, they get stuck in your head. You just can't kill them. They're earworms. Well, yeah. that's 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 the true meaning of jingles. <laughs> So Trevor finds Montana and entrusts Chet to her care. He wants them to go find the Cadillac while he goes and finds Margaret since he heard gunshots. And even though he wrote her off as a crazy person, uh, decides that she's in trouble and he wants to go help Trevor. Honestly, hero of the first half of the season. Stand up guy. Stand up guy. It's hard for him to fall over with three legs, Yes. but he is a very stand up guy. Margaret uh, brags to the dying or dead Jingles that he's going. she's going to get to lay her sins on him one more time. Trevor breaks into the cabin, discovers that she killed Jingles, and he's like super impressed. Like, hey, you, didn't, you just had the one gun. I had these two. Um, <laughs> and I just killed a fake one at that. But then she just guts him like a fish. And she says, oh, it feels so good. I haven't done it in 14 years. She's kind of reveling in the feel of blood and taking mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Creepy shit. She just that is the god thing is that real it's got to be real because she's not doing it for anyone's for anyone's benefit when she's praying alone yeah i mean lots of people have killed the name of god i don't know no i'm just saying like i don't think that was something that was in her mind before when she killed the campers originally and it's something it seems to be a personality she adopted over the years maybe no she... no 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 no. she was definitely that good do gooder christian girl at the camp because that oh. was what was driving the girls nuts like her like wanting to obey all the rules uh. and and shitting on them for having premarital sex and you know doing drugs i do think that she felt justified killing these people because a they're being terrible to her and b they're they're sinning Right, they you were know. having sex and smoking, yeah. and yeah. And we know how we know how movie killers feel about that. Um, so the real interesting thing about her is, have, are we going to find out she's really been on a diet of killing for fourteen years? That's highly unusual for a killer, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I mean, you're more true crime than I am. I don't really like it. So, if she is a serial killer, then sure, yeah. I don't. Are you a serial killer if you just kill like fourteen people in one go, like the way she did? That would be a spree. That's a killer. mass killer, spree killing spree, killer. spree. Yeah. So is there evidence of like spree killer sometimes? Like, you know. I think yeah. I think you're right. I think it's 
I think that she certainly in the 14 years after that has run into some people that really judged her or were living, you know, impurely something like that, that would have triggered her to kill again. Mm -hmm. That seems, that seems more likely, but maybe she didn't do it because she didn't have a Benji bear to blame it on, but someone like that is resourceful, could find someone. So she's an opportunist. She's also, there's an element of an opportunist there too. Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking. is like maybe in the last 14 years, she's been super validated because she's the sole survivor and she's had such a hard life and she's, you know, married this older guy for his money and, you know, she's doing, I I, I don't, I, I'm sure yeah. we'll get a bunch of flashbacks, but her, she herself said she hasn't done this in 14 years. So yeah, there's that. I wish they hadn't put that in there because I was just thinking, wonder... I could see a whole bunch of flashbacks of her actually being a depraved killer. Right. Like the neighbor's dog shit in her yard and then the dog's dead on the doorstep. Well, she killed she her husband something, but she said herself said she hasn't killed in 14 years. But so kill it's... a human or does she uh, count an animal as the same? Yeah. Um, I really thought she was going to turn out to have killed her husband, but I don't think that will be important at all. Uh, I think you're right about that. Yeah. I think that's definitely, there's going to be a desiccated corpse some, in some mansion at some point in the future. As someone who puts bleach in my own husband's food regularly, <laughs> I can tell you that I, I can see, you can spot one. You yeah. know it when you see it. Yeah. I wish you would just go to the kitchen knife, stop hiding behind your fucking bleach bottles and just do it, you fucking coward. So tired of hearing about this bleach shit. Anyway, uh, so Xavier's staggering through the woods and he runs in the jingles on this small bridge that I don't know if we've ever seen before. Xavier tries to defend himself. They kind of both lunge at each other, but they both collapse from their various uh, wounds. Yeah, I'm too tired for this. And uh, Xavier's like, all right, just make it it quick and kind of surrenders to him. But Jingles doesn't have time for this shit, says this was never me and leaves him for Brooke to find a second later. So So I think he just blacked out or passed out on the... Okay, because th- there's that. Although I don't know if we have any room. Like, there's there's not there's literally not room in this night's schedule for him to black out for thirty for even thirty seconds. Like that's that 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 throws the timeline all off. Uh, that's fair. Um, but I like is it is it uh, Jingles a figment a figment of his imagination? Is Jingles just preternaturally good at disappearing? Did he pass out? No, they don't I, really exp- explain that. Yeah, I definitely think Jingles was there. I think that it's one of those, I, I, I explained this in a few episodes ago, Richard Ramirez, the real Richard Ramirez, didn't kill or tried to kill one of his victims once and she did not die. He took that as some sort of divine intervention and he left her. So maybe Jingles has a bit of that where, you know, if you can survive it, like if Nurse or if Chef Birdie had survived it, I don't think he would have tried to kill them again. Hmm. Or, you know, it's just maybe he's learned about Margaret now. I was and he's say, like, here it just seems like he's trying to turn over a new leaf, perhaps. Right. He says, he says, it was never me. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be clear. It was definitely you. You have definitely killed a shit ton of people. Yeah, tonight. Tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're not just free and clear now, buddy. Yeah. So Brooke finds him and they kind of like briefly marvel, you know, wonder like where Jingles went. But then there's an explosion in the distance, but close enough that it kind of lights up their face and they head to investigate. And guess what? Someone has set the caddy. Daddy's caddy. Daddy's caddy has been burnt. Real baddie. Um, <laughs> they're going to have to get Daddy's hot rod Lincoln next. Uh, Margaret, who is still innocent by everyone else's um, estimation, tells everyone that Trevor's dead, but he died bravely, so bravely. And Montana kind of takes a hard. 
she's over there thinking oh man oh man yeah that was her b plan and she doesn't have a b plan i never got to exercise that man aerobics Um, the rabbit still exists right the rabbit yeah uh donna aka nurse rita's rabbit her volkswagen i don't think so why i don't know the last time we saw it it, she was standing there she was gonna give brooke the keys to go find help and she's like oh really and then she hypo syringe oh maybe she has to oh maybe she has to so she's clearly not going to give these people her keys so they would have to hotwire it maybe um and i don't know these people don't seem like the hot wiring type although montana <laughs> maybe but she doesn't want him to get away but you know the uh, okay this is definitely nitpicking but nurse rita's rabbit was in the main parking lot the caddy was off a back road uh-huh. where he could just go and snatch campers willy-nilly yeah <laughs> i don't know it's resourceful of margaret um, some divine intervention i'm trying to think here so you've got xavier chet brooke margaret and montana at this point trying to get out and only chet brooke and xavier are actually on team let's get the fuck out of here yes the other two are well, on i mean team. montana could be on team get the fuck out of here now that her, her oh that's true she wants brooke to die but i don't think she wants her clearly she doesn't want herself to die probably doesn't care one way or another about chet or xavier right brooke's gonna die at this point she's gonna have to do it herself yeah huge risk meanwhile satan resurrects the night stalker to donner's to donner's i just went to new york accent to donner's amazement his hey, body i'm killing you he teleports slowly off the ground and kind of like a cruciform pose his body rapidly heals his cuts uh seal up and then satan thoughtfully puts him upright his eyes roll back in his head and they turn like black. shark black and he lives again has this happened to him before i don't know i don't know if that's a noble question at this point hopefully we'll find out in a flashback whether he has actually reconstituted his body or not yeah because his eyes turning black makes me think maybe something actually possessed him this time because mm-hmm. he left himself as an open receptacle or has he always been possessed Ooh, by that something? would be interesting that he's no longer a night stalker he's actually like some kind of demon possession a, de- a, a demon host yeah all this all this shit that he uh that he's been talking just uh really really and he doesn't even get to be here to enjoy it either Mm. Mm -mm. uh is there going to be a richard ramirez and rita team up now this is an interesting experiment for her and donner richard and donner i don't see it (laughs) i mean donna clearly is will be pleased that she has two lions to study in the natural habitat instead of one but them actually teaming up like i because you know ramirez is not doing this to like stop serial kill like he doesn't he's not interested in stopping and preventing other serial killers he's doing this for satan so like i don't think they're natural i don't think they're natural allies no i don't think they're natural but i think i think there's going to be something more to that or maybe he just kills her in the opening opening (laughs) uh that's all we got for the episode yeah best episode of american horror this season which is they've been all pretty fun mm-hmm. uh i struggle to think of the best like there's a pretty there's a there's a couple pretty good episodes last year mm-hmm. before it kind of went to shit but yeah this this was this is this is a really good season a really good episode yeah um do we want to do feedback or is there any discussion about where this is going yeah because... we've got we've got a few things to talk about before we move on to feedback okay because For... here, here's one thing i want to talk about all right there so you got this long night is going to wrap up next episode maybe so so we've been told um 
I'm actually cool with this all staying in the night. Okay, like because it's it's been why not just keep rolling? Yeah, um, you got to introduce some new characters somehow. There's got to be a mechanism for that, but uh, I don't know. Maybe the police come at some point. Well, here's the thing: they're attracted by an explosion. That I can say with almost a hundred percent certainty. Mm-hmm. And this is could be me being cocky, but I feel very confident about this. These, a lot of these characters, like Trevor Ray, who just died, and they hesitated on killing Xavier. I think those people aren't done. I think they're coming back. Mm-hmm. I think that Richard Ramirez, or no, this is a separate idea. Richard Ramirez could have just joined the Hyper Hikers time loop. He's dead, so now he's gonna keep circling this time loop here. Hmm. Um, so or you think if we saw the Hyper go, Hiker come back, it would look like this? Because I don't think that's true. I mean, he gets killed and just comes back over and over. So we don't right. really His body disappears know. and he comes running into the clearing again. Yeah. Or this could be a cabin in the woods situation where we're about to reset. Like too many people died. It didn't go the way we wanted. Let's reset and start over. (laughs) What would you think of episode six? They just started with getting in the van, heading to camp again. I think that'd be cool if they did. If if there was kind of like a fun, you know, prisoner of Azkaban kind of, you know, what's going to happen. And you're trying to you're you're trying to see what changes or what changes you can kind of make. But I guess I'm worried that they're going to do a little Roanoke action because it feels like yeah. this is a long night. You've got the st- scientists studying it or the cameras anywhere. Um, then the rest of the season is going to be them filming the film that's based on these events. <laughs> yes. And I could see that being fun. But and, and then, of course, all kinds of supernatural events will befall the production and it's going to be cursed and all that kind of stuff. I could see that being fun. But like. I didn't think that was very fun for the Roanoke season. No, I think it'd be much more interesting to do like a time loop thing where in this, if they reset it, the next iteration comes around and one of the characters, probably Brooke, stumbles upon a cabin or a hole in the ground somewhere where you see there's 20 of her bodies in there. Like they, she Hmm. realizes this is the iteration of the loop where they become self-aware and they get themselves out of it or they don't, I don't know, getting my hopes up for uh, one of my favorite kind of things I see happen in horror. Yeah. The time loop. Yeah, you do like that. Like triangle. There's a bit of. Uh, we just saw Netflix's The Tall Grass. Oh, in The Tall Grass, which has a, a bit a of a they time play, loop. They play with a similar type of uh, concepts of like endless time and being trapped in situations. Um, yeah. So where are they going this season? Do you have any ideas? That's why I said that. The thing I'm afraid of is they're gonna they're gonna be like, oh, you know what? Roanoke was fun. That's a way you can stretch a concept that's five episodes long and then ten episodes, and like that's the opposite of what I want to see happen. Um, I don't know. The other thing they could do is pivot it to a different type of horror, like a more supernatural horror. They could have everybody be back um, in like a relative place of stability, but they could go like house where like there's some kind of demonic force that's possessed, that's, that's possessed Ramirez and chasing them. And it's like an ex, it's like a poltergeist kind of thing or the movie house. Um, they could go uh, like a, like a, fr- a Freddy dream warrior kind of thing mm. where, uh, either Richard Ramirez or Jingles die and they're kind of like wrongly murdered or they're, they, they, they have some motive for revenge. They keep coming back. They haunt their dreams. That would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's got that's 80s as fuck. Um, I guess that's where I want them to go. Like you've had your this is essentially Friday the 13th Halloween now with the de- the devil bringing people back to life i think you've got a real strong like friday you know freddy dream kruger dream warrior kind of th- situation that you could set up amongst the three surviving people like or four surviving people i guess montana chet xavier brooke 
Brooke, uh, Montana presumably still wants Brooke dead. Maybe she's working with the dream killer like that. I think that would be fun. And that's what yeah. I hope they go for rather than just how can we keep this concept going and stretch it out? Yeah. Here's the one thing that I can't quite explain or make fit anywhere. The Richard Ramirez and Margaret late night talk that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. He didn't stop killing. He's even more on the side of the devil now. Also, it doesn't make sense because I feel like he all the things he said about like no one's ever understood me like Montana. You didn't feel an instant bond and connection with Montana. You were looking blood off her toes, dude. Yeah. But I guess why this explains also why he wanted her to show feet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll yeah. just leave that as like a, a question. We'll come back and talk about in the finale. If Maybe there'll be remembers. a love triangle there. Ooh. Ooh. Blood soaked love triangle yeah all right the first piece of feedback i have is from eric he says this season is crazy this is just a stream of consciousness after finishing the episode why is birdie (laughs) making sandwiches at 3 a.m we don't know that we don't know what time it is (laughs) no one was even questioning where ray was it's 8 15 uh well, no one questioned where no, Ray was, second. but they also, did address it I, I in don't the think, infirmary. I don't think that that doesn't make sense because a lot of fat food prep happens early. really early. Like I remember, um, Jesus Christ, I was driving back from the airport one time and there was like this really famous barbecue joint in our neighborhood. And it's like a family run deal. And there is the dad out there like getting shit ready at three o'clock in the morning. And they don't even open until lunch. Now, I guess smoking meat takes a lot longer and and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I I really thought, like, Jesus Christ, this guy probably works 20 hours a day. I don't don't know. So, like, you know, she's trying to get all this stuff prepped for the kids to arrive at daybreak. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are you going to do? Prep them, like, the night before and leave them to get soggy in the refrigerator? Right. Birdie's good people. She's not going to give you some soggy-ass bun. That's not what kills homesickness. No. Homesickness is a nice, fresh... Uh, bread that hasn't had all the moisture sucked out of it or a bunch of moisture put into it and she's she's putting in the work to do it and only one bite has a little bit of cigarette ash in it <laughs> yeah yeah that's what feels like home to me yeah yeah uh, get a little birdie hair every once in a while because you know she's been doing this so long she doesn't have to wear hair nets she's grandfathered in grandmothered right. in <laughs> uh eric continues why didn't jingles just murder margaret after he woke up because that would be too satisfying. I don't know. I think Montana's run is hilarious. Big dick dude didn't even get a sick backstory before he got killed. And lastly, what's going to happen to them kids in the morning? He didn't it, write them kids. I just added that in there. I miss them kids. Them kids. Look, Eric, if you don't think that Trevor doesn't have a flashback coming the rest of the season, you're crazy. If you think he and Ray are dead, then you're crazy. You're the monster. <laughs> you don't think his giant hog is going to come and haunt anyone's dreams oh when they flip this to the Nightmare on Elm Street mode? You got another thing coming. Right. Next piece of feedback is from Cody S. I called Montana being vengeful over the best man. Booth being the original killer was almost too obvious for me, but what they executed it well, Cecily gets points for pointing out jingles was suggestible. Thank you. Still not a fan of using the actual Richard Ramirez. Could have used uh, someone else and called him Richard Reyes since you're already fictionalizing him both comedically, romantically, and supernaturally. That's fair. Yeah. Unless it's going to tie into Hotel in some way. There's a little bit of commentary about that with... um, 
with the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I, and I, I honestly, this is the part where I'm, I'm thinking about it because I'm not sure what side I come down on. But like, people were like, uh, you know, this is a racist portrayal of, you know, and I'm like, I don't think it was a racist portrayal of, uh, of Bruce Lee, but it wasn't a flattering portrayal, and his family didn't like it, and it's one of those things where it would been just as easy to make him a pastiche of, you know, stuntmen or, you know, they could have, I, 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 I don't know how I come back, how I come down on that. Like how, what, what is, what, what is people's, what are storytellers obligations to real life people, especially people that have not been gone for very long? Cause obviously Abraham Lincoln, you can make him a vampire hunter and no one gives a shit. But like, what is people's obligation to, you know, real people that are real life individuals that have affected society both positively and negatively and people have feelings about. So I, I, I don't know this to, to me, like uh, this is a very broad, silly performance of Richard Ramirez. But, you know, clearly there's an argument to be made on the other side. Right. Uh, Jeremy R says. So the theory I'm buying into is the are you afraid of the dark theory? I believe there's a group of people sitting around a campfire all contributing to the scary story. This would explain the somewhat randomness, the longest night ever, and the mix between supernatural and realism. I also think it kind of explains the egregious use of expositional dialogue by the characters. That's fair. I mean, it's it's a clever way to remix this. Would it be satisfying? So I don't know. It's an anthology within an anthology. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. A, is this a little Saint Elsewhere with the snow globe at the end? You know, like I I hate the kind of it's all a dream, it's all a story kind of conceit. Unless that's you know, it's it's one thing if uh, you know Inception at the end of it, it's all a dream because what's mm-hmm. no shit. The whole fucking movie is about that. <laughs> right. But like things that ostensibly are not about that to be retconned into is just a dream or just a story. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> but again, it's like. If nine out of ten episodes are awesome and then the tenth episode gives a sour twist in my mouth, that's actually an improvement from recent seasons. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't hate it that much. Tabinkinsaw says, do either of you have any theories about a twist? That <laughs> oh, would... good old Tabinkinsaw. <laughs> do either of you have any theories about a twist that would make sense of this? The season began with a flashback to 1970, which clearly showed us Mr. Jingles killing the teens in the cabin. Now did we're it? being t- It did. I was going to point this out to you earlier. Now we're being told Margaret was the actual killer. If that's true, then why the deliberate misdirect at the start of the season? What they did was they usual suspected us. They clearly showed a person jingling, wearing a raincoat and the gloves, killing people. They didn't show his face. We saw Margaret having all those things that she dumped back at his cabin, blood soaked to frame him. No, she dumped an ear in his. No, she had the the slicker with her too when she was staging those those ears in the box. Okay, maybe, but they also they showed her killing people, not wearing those things. In the very beginning, they showed someone wearing those things actually doing the killing. I assumed so. Yeah, I assumed that she is wearing them just so they get realistically covered in blood. Maybe she took it off to kill the last woman. The no, you're making excuses. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Some excuse making has to be made for Mr. Murphy. Apparently. For a person who notoriously hates usual suspects, I've given you a couple of instances recently where you don't hate that what they've done as much as what the usual suspects has done. Uh, yeah. Answer for yourself. Yes. <laughs> Uh, to Bingensaw continues it's not as if that was a point of view flashback from a particular character it was strictly info for the audience 
If Margaret is the killer, it means the show itself is an unreliable narrator and we can't believe anything we're watching, which yes. makes the entire affair rather pointless. Well, then why did you come to this show? Yeah, I mean... I feel like I'm... Th that's the, the reason I'm fight pushing back is because my recollection is that maybe... Because I... I'm used to pointing out all the stupid things that happen in this show, but I feel like this season they've done a pretty good job of like baiting people to do that. But then with their stupid, their flashbacks being the mm -hmm. maha, yeah, aren't you the dumb ones? And I'm trying to see where they might have done that because like, uh, but but yeah, I mean yeah, I'm making excuses, but like mm -hmm. the story's not done. At the end of the Usual Suspects, it turns out fucking Kevin Spacey just lied to us for two hours and wasted all of our time. Right. It's there's still room for something more clever to happen. There's um, there was also them flashing back to showing her with what we all agreed mm -hmm. over the course of a couple episodes were brunette pigtails mm -hmm. when now what actually happened was is they desaturated or turned up the contrast on that particular shot and made her hair look dark or maybe mm -hmm. it was covered in blood in that shot and it just I do think they would I, have a... I agree. It's very unreliable narration we're being given. I think it would have been... It would... They would have done well to open up the season with the framing of, like, locals, like, telling a campfire story. Mm -hmm. And you don't you don't have to know that they do, like, Jingles Night or anything like that, but then just telling, like, the story of Mr. Jingles and his crazy cabin assassination, and then these 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 folks are so insane they're opening up the camp again this year and that's how you fade into the first credit sequence and then like there's nothing not shit anyone can say about it because it's like it's not our the show's not the unreliable narrator these locals telling the story of jingles are the unreliable narrator so they could have done a better job of shielding themselves from that mm -hmm. but i'm not quite ready to prepare to say that they completely fucked it up it's possible in which case yes i don't like that because i kind of agree with the beacon saws it does make it feel like all this shit is a waste of your time. But. Right. Next feedback is from Jeremiah or Sergeant Gray Fox, as you may know him from early Destiny days with Aaron. Get back into it, man. That's quite a name. <laughs> uh, no, I hear year three of Destiny 2 is pretty hot. Everybody's talking. It's like it's making the front page of Reddit again. I might have to. I just don't have fucking time, man. <laughs> Aaron and his significant other, Jeremiah, hopefully says... Here is your officially unofficial email confirmation of reception of mad amounts of internet points. You guys totally called Margaret being the actual killer and Mr. Jingles being her patsy. Thought that was a pretty good theory, but glad to see you guys called it spot on. I guess I don't I I don't really deserve those points. I thought they were gonna actually be working together. But you get it. You can have some. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty good theory. Glad to see you guys called it. I'm unofficially giving myself a smaller amount of internet points because I was doing my best to yell through time and space into my podcast player while listening to the previous cast that Montana wanted Brooke dead because she was related to her fiance somehow. Oh, man. That's actually the bigger pull because yeah. I feel like there's a lot of evidence about the Margaret uh, Jingles thing, but that's just like, that's a, that's a cosmic connection you made there, Gray Fox. <laughs> yeah. I stopped watching American Horror Story about halfway through the freak show season. I had lost complete interest. With Russell Edgington? How does that not pull you in and keep you there? Especially with his giant third dick. About three weeks ago, I decided to binge Hotel Roanoke, Colt, and Apocalypse so I could be caught up. I don't. I think you could have saved yourself some time there. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight was the first time since Freak Show that I watched an episode as it aired. Listening to you guys' podcasts over the episodes on my commute has made the season so much more enjoyable. So well, good. On... that's why we do it. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to make the seasons much more enjoyable. So theories and questions for 1984. Will this be the first season with no Evan Peters and or Sarah Paulson? I think that's confirmed, right? 
Unless they make a breezy, like, last... Uh, here's the thing. If I, I'm Evan Peters um, and I'm Sarah right Paulson... Now. Yeah, I'd be screaming right now. Um, I would I would show up for a day of filming to do one of my many, many, many characters that they could weave into this story and setting just for funsies and to say that, yes, I was in all the seasons. Um, if I was Evan Peters, I might be reluctant to show up with Emma Roberts because... I've just become aware of this in the last week. I think you told me this a season or two ago, but like there were some pretty serious domestic abuse allegations against her. Yeah. Like biting him in the face and causing scarring. Are they still together? I don't know. I think a lot of that was swept under the rug because he took her back, which that's always fucked up to me. Just just because someone makes a bad decision to be with their abuser that we're going to like, you know, not... We're gonna we're gonna look the other way about it. Like if Rihanna takes back Chris Brown, does that make Chris Brown a less a lesser piece of shit? I say no. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, I yeah, that's so, so. I guess maybe that's that would be weird to see them uh, back like that. But they were the back <laughs> last year, so I don't know. Is this turned into a celebrity gossip podcast? I think that I didn't mean for it to. <laughs> I think that you're right. I think it's it's hard for us to be witnessing a public affair of very young people having with famous parents i assume that are kind of living their life out loud like this and who knows what happens so it's it's it makes it worse i think to try to speculate and talk about their relationship but also at the same time if she is an abuser then who what kind of people are we for is it an if because i thought there was like police records and stuff like this isn't like a he said she said there's like no i'm saying that right now i don't know for sure to say and like commit to a podcast that we're gonna release (laughs) yeah okay fair enough so i hope that answers that question (laughs) fair enough uh how in the purgatory are they gonna make that small cast land or last for at least six more episodes brooke xavier montana chet fake rita margaret jingles the Return Night Stalker, uh, you didn't mention here the Pumpkinhead Ray and Chef Birdie's going to be cooked into sandwiches, I assume. They'll make it work. There's basically three groups of the goods, Brooke, Xavier, and Chet, the Killers, Jingles, Margaret, and Night Stalker, and the Need to Dies, Montana and Donna, the fake Rita. Could we see Jingles leave the Killers group and become a good? Do you think he will save the others from Margaret and the Night Stalker now that he knows he isn't a killer originally? Again... He's a killer now, so there's not redemption on the horizon for him, well, I believe. I don't I'm digging know. my heels in about that one. Because you, I could also see a somewhat satisfying arc where the truth about his original innocence gets out, and mm-hmm. they're able to frame all the killer killings on Margaret, and then he could be framed as the hero that's put an end to it. But he still did it. Yeah, but <laughs> yes, but I don't know. Like it's this is like a so it's a Winter Soldier situation. Mm. Is Bucky a bad guy because he was brainwashed to commit atrocious atrocitous atrocitous murders? What the atrocitous fuck? Murderous murders and atrocious atrocities. Is he a bad person or is he a victim yes. of the Nazi scientists? Both. I think that's bullshit. I think that if you're not resp- like if you're legit brainwashed or hijacked into doing something, then you can't be held responsible for those actions. You're not c- capable at the time. All right. Now, maybe he needs to live in a mental institution the rest of his life because of the very real trauma that he's faced. I don't think that he maybe needs to be released into public supervision. But like, also, I'm treating this like a real show that's serious. <laughs> There's like, some stakes and stuff. So, I, yeah. 
Uh, do you, yeah, leaving medium rare Xavier alive on the bridge seems like an indicator of a face turned to me, but what about the ghosts? Will Ghost Trevor have his ghost schlong dragging on the ground through the cabins is the new thing that goes bump in the night? He won't be Mr. Jangles, he'll be Mr. Floppy Slap. Mr. Bangles. Uh, <laughs> are there going to be any connections to previous seasons coming up? Ghost Trevor and Montana hooking up to make another demon seed baby. Oh, mm. that. That I like. Mm. That's tasty. I think that, that Murphy seems to be really charmed by doing that. And it also, I think there's a ghost of a chance for Peters <laughs> or Paulson to show up. And it would, the most likely vector. Like, okay, so mid 80s, you're more steeped in this lore than I am. Who do we got to work with? What's mid- going on mid 80s in American Horror Story land? In American Horror Story? Yeah. Like, has there ever been an American Horror Story set in the mid 80s? trying to think of like all the characters that peters could be could peters be an aged lobster boy like mixed up in this somehow could Could paulson be be... it could be we could have a conjoined twin the alien twins yeah could show up uh as i like to keep reminding everyone from the asylum season that's one i like that because i think they'll eventually show up because they were kind of like a mystery that's out there yeah i don't no this plays with time and space so much that when you were talking about ghosts and witches that time travel it could it could be anything mm-hmm. <laughs> really could be mm-hmm. uh he continues after being out on hs for a few years i'm totally back on board thanks to you guys revitalized <laughs> uh, Satan, 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 Satan. <laughs> yes thank you for joining us all right final piece of feedback is from william who has an interesting idea about uh sarah paulson Am I the only one who's noticing that this season is referencing previous seasons pretty hard? The ghost characters like the ghost from Murder House. Matthew Morrison's Wiener is a reference to Dennis O'Hare's similar endowment freak show. Mm. Fair. We have the Night Stalker resurrected by Satan. Satan, Satan, Satan. As a reference to Apocalypse. We have the Asylum that Mr. Jingles escaped from. And we haven't had anything witchy happen yet, but we all know that witches are the devil's greatest adversary from Apocalypse. I mean, arguably... Uh, Ramirez did some witchcraft this episode. I mean, he drew a pentagram circled, summoning circle, started infusing it with his own blood. I mean, what is he doing if not witchcraft there? Well, what we learned That's from literally the, the definition of witchcraft. No, but what we learned from Apocalypse is what he's saying is that the actual witchcraft and devilry are at opposed oh, to each other. Right, they retconned witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the witchy thing, William, is that they can just do anything they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I think I don't think those kinds of references are over, but uh, we actually, I mean, we very much appreciate seeing them. I think that isn't lost on Ryan Murphy. Then uh, he continues, though, Night Stalker was actually seen in Hotel, which also dealt a lot with serial killers in general. Yeah, so I think there's a reason they chose him, and it doesn't mean nothing. Uh, finally, I have a theory about Sarah Paulson's character this season. I think she will be playing Lana Winters, interviewing the survivors of Camp Redwood perhaps a couple of years later. I love this. She's come back a few times. Uh, hotel? She well, you in- might be thinking of them. Oh, uh, no, she was in Hotel. Yeah, you're right. So Lana Winters interviews the survivors of Camp Redwood. Oh, I'm getting her confused with the psychic. The psychic is what? Or did they both? They both. They both did they show, really? The they both, both aspects showed up, showed up I think- in Hotel? No, Lana Winters was the interviewer, but the medium from Murder House showed up in Hotel. Definitely, yes, yes. Okay, that's where we're getting confused. They have very similar affects. So either one, really, uh-huh. would work here with yeah. the time looping sure. ghosts uh-huh. and pumpkin heads. 
Knight Riders. I love that theory. That's all the feedback we have this week. If you have any feedback to send us, you can do so ahs at baldmove.com. Weekly, our fans or Ryan Murphy's fans get together in the forums to talk about American Horror Story, and you can join it there. At forums.baldmove.com? Yes. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Thanks for coming, guys. (laughs) Yep. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Cecily. Have a good weekend.